Shalom, my friends. Jim Martin coming to you once again, uh, praying that the Lord has been very present and visible in your lives and sensible in your lives, that you can experience His presence by your consistent walk with Him and talk with Him and and just being with Him in your spirit and by His Spirit and by His grace. Uh, it is such a pleasure and such a privilege to be with you and to explore the riches and depths of God's Holy Word with you uh, via this, uh, this vehicle, this venue of the Internet. I wish we could be together in person but uh, since that is difficult and uh, at times impossible because of our locations or situations, God has provided a, a way for us to uh, spiritually connect uh, by His Spirit through His Word and uh, by the agency of His grace. Uh, today we are continuing our study of preparing for the future. This is part two of that study, and we are taking as our uh, foundational scripture the second of Paul's letter to his disciple Timothy. Uh, many think that this was Paul's final writing that is pre preserved for us. He most certainly wrote many letters, which we call the prison, uh, prison epistles. If you would reach and get your copy of God's Holy Word, the Bible, in whatever translation and edition and language speaks best to your heart, then today we are continuing our look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. I encourage you, if you have not been party to this study before, that you would that you would go and find either on the podcast or on uh, Facebook under James Robert Martin. You go down my timeline on Facebook and find last week's edition, which contains uh, a different format. Uh, pray with me as we begin and uh, turn in your copy of Scripture to the second letter of Paul to his disciple Timothy. And we're going to be picking up in chapter 3. Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name, uh, just uh, acknowledging your presence within us in the person of the Holy Spirit and also your grace that is being afforded to us as we uh, facilitate this study and as we partake of it as, as learners and listeners. I do pray, Lord, that you'd help me become more uh, skilled at using these technological devices and venues uh, so that your name would be more glorified even and that the people would be better equipped to live according to your instruction. Now, Father, uh, we lay this effort and this teaching in this moment before you, and we do so with thanksgiving and gratitude and humility in Jesus' name. Amen. 
and amen. God bless you. Okay, let's uh, let's just review. Uh, we're going to pick this up. Uh, I believe it's going to be in uh, chapter 3, verse 10. Uh, we need to get past all the business of uh, Giannis and Yambres uh, that we talked about and probably stumbled over a little bit last week. Uh, just to fill in some, some of the question marks there about Giannis and Yambres, these people are not, these men are not named in the Bible as such. But this is an allusion back uh, to the narrative and story in Exodus as Moses and Aaron were before Pharaoh performing the signs that God had given them and given them the ability to perform. We are told that Pharaoh's magicians, as they're called, were able to counterfeit some of those signs, not all of them, most certainly. I guess uh, ecumenical or Jewish tradition really uh, gave names to two of these two of these magicians. Um, perhaps this is in the Midrash, which is the rabbinical commentaries on the Old Testament. Uh, these men were named Yannis uh, and Yambres. Uh, as representing two of Pharaoh's magicians. And we know that these people were empowered by satanic fo forces, by demons, to counterfeit God's signs, as were demonstrated by Moses and Aaron. But what does that have to do with us today? Well, it has, it has to do with us in that uh, these men represent false teachers in our communities today. Uh, false teachers not only in the Christian church, which is abominable to be sure, but also in any educational venue. We have false teachers in our schools, in our universities. Uh, what makes them false? Well, they're teaching error. Okay, they're not, they're not teaching truth, uh, which has its foundation in the Bible. So anyone that comes in to whatever venue, whether it be a secular university or a church or a Bible study, and begins to teach philosophical things and uh, teach things that are not founded in the truth of Scripture, and God's truth, uh, these are false teachers. And this whole letter of Paul was warning Timothy about those teachers because they were coming into the church there in Ephesus uh, spoiling the church. So let's have a look at Second Timothy. And they're not spoiling the church uh, so much as confusing uh, these baby believers. And as we are challenged to disciple every nation, to make disciples of every nation, teaching them everything that Jesus has taught us, then we must be sure that all of our teaching, all of our instruction, all of our relational interactions are founded in Scripture. So let's have a look then at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. Okay, and that's going to find, verses 10 and 11 are going to form the basis of today's uh, video and audio podcast. Okay, 2 Timothy 3.10, and I'm reading from the New American Translation of the English Bible. 
Now you, Timothy, writes Paul, followed my teaching, conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, perseverance, his endurance, persecutions, and suffering such as happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, and out of all of them, the Lord rescued me. My friends, the next verse, verse 12, just gives us a somber warning. He says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. My friends, as we are in the last days, does that mean that Jesus is coming today? Well, I pray that He does. And if He does, are you ready? Are you prepared for His coming? Or are you prepared, am I prepared, for Him to delay, allow the, the iniquity of this present world to come to its peak so that there will be no argument at the judgment? Whichever it is, my friends, we must prepare ourselves and we must live as if He is coming tonight. We must ask ourselves, are our children, our grandchildren, our dearest friends, are they walking the Jesus road? Are they following you and following me as we walk the Jesus road? Are, are we doing that? That's what we're challenged to do. So going back to our study notes, and I do encourage you to download a copy of the study notes that I provided either on the show notes of the podcast or video cast, and I've already provided them on Facebook. So you look for them there under James Robert Martin. You'll find a link to the study notes. So we are down, we're still on page one. Okay, we're still on page one, but we're heading equipping ourselves. And the scripture reference there that I hope I can begin to prepare and provide for you is Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 where it says, uh, if you're reading in the King James, it says, study to show yourself approved. It doesn't mean study. All right, that, that word is uh, mistranslated in the English. It means uh, be diligent. To show yourself approved. Uh, and it, how do we do that? By rightly dividing the word of truth. So that we will be workmen. Do not need to be ashamed at his coming. That no one can accuse us of falsely representing our Lord. So, so we have to be diligent. We have to discipline ourselves. To be faithful to our calling and to his provision for us. Uh, through his word. And that leads us into the, the building of godly character. As parents and grandparents, that's our primary job, is to build godly character within our children. Now, we can certainly observe and testify that each one of our children has a different personality. I have 11 grandchildren right now. 
And I can testify to you that each one of them has a different personality, a unique personality and a unique way of interacting with the world and understanding uh, what's going on in the world. And it's up to me and it's up to my two daughters and their husbands as the parents of these grandchildren to consistently teach them, model for them, counsel them, coach them, advise them in the way of the Master. That, that uh, walking the Jesus path is often difficult and very narrow and rocky. Uh, man, I can call back uh, many occasions in our lives. Uh, Brenda and my, my, my wife Brenda, one thing we like to do together is is go to the mountains and hike. And some of the trails we've been on are treacherous. Some of them are fairly easy and straightforward and well-marked. Well Others, not so much. And uh, recently, I know last year, because of my physical disability, we were... We were, uh, we were strongly challenged in coming down off of a mountain on a very treacherous and narrow in places and rocky and steep trail. And we had to go slowly and be very careful. At times we had to just take a break and rest as younger, more agile people had to work their way around us. And that's kind of the way it is as we walk the Jesus road. Sometimes it's relatively easy and well-marked and, and uh, flat and well-paved, uh, but most of the time it seems it's narrow, rocky, and challenging. But fortunately, God gives us the grace to walk that road. So as Christians, our character should be easily distinguished from that of those who do not know Christ. Many who are... Uh, Students of culture, uh, su such as uh, George Barna and the J Barna Institute, who uh, are their their primary uh, work and contribution to the Christian church is providing surveys and observations on the culture that we're living in today. And they say that the problem is the reason that the church, especially in America. And in the West, it's not growing very fast now. Indeed, uh, tragically, in some places, the church uh, is declining. But the primary reason is that the world can tell little difference between those who profess Jesus as, as Lord and those who do not. Uh, my friends, that is a tragedy. Uh, that's an abomination. Uh, we we need to distinguish her, not dressing all in black and going around with somber looks and never having any fun. No, it's not that at all. It's that, that we make good choices that are based on Scripture and the character that God is building in us. So we as, as parents and grandparents, as brothers and sisters, as disciple makers and as disciples... We need to be, be about building character within ourselves, building godly character within ourselves and within our children and grandchildren and in our disciples. The process of building godly character and refining that character, polishing the, the, that that we might accurately reflect Him. We do that in ourselves, first and foremost, in our children and our grandchildren and in our disciples. And they were, they're, that's going to result in lives which honor Christ on earth. And yes, it, they will 
beg the question, why do you make those choices? Why do you live this way? Why do you not participate in such things as we do? Well, because that's not who we are. We are followers of the Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. We will bring God, the, the Holy One of Israel, will bring Him the glory He deserves. What we do, do in our lives will accurately reflect who God is. Okay, how do we do about that? How, how do we do that? How do we sanctify ourselves? Jesus, uh, in chapter 11 of John's Gospel, in the great high priestly prayer, told the Father, as He was communicating verbally with the Father, He says, I have sanctified myself for their sakes, referring to the disciples. And we, we, in like manner, have to sanctify ourselves for the sake of our children, our grandchildren, our spouses, and our disciples, and for the sake of those who are observing us in our lives. I'm going to refer you to a classic Christian book called Cele- Celebration of the Disciplines. And this was written by a an author who is of this date is still alive. He's not much older than me, uh, which means he's a pretty old man by now. Uh, But he's a man named Richard Foster. And he wrote a book years ago called Celebration of Disciplines. Uh, This is a challenging and many times convicting book uh, that I encourage you to find a copy of. It's probably on uh, uh, Amazon or, or Kindle as a as a digital digitized version, I haven't looked for it. I have the hard copy. Uh, it certainly can be att- obtained as a hard copy from any good bookstore or from uh, online in- media. Perhaps it's in your your library, your local uh, book library. Uh, I would ch- I would challenge and encourage you to get that book, cha- Celebration Celebrating the Disciplines by Richard Foster. And in this book, he he lays out 12 what he calls Christian disciplines. These are spiritual disciplines. Uh, They're not just Christians. These have been observable in the lives of of God-fearing and godly people, God-following people for centuries. But he has uh, identified these and and written them in this book. Uh, They are in... As I've put in my notes, they're in three categories. First of all, being the personal or inward disciplines. And we're going to study those uh, by God's grace today. We're going to look at them. And then we're not going to have time to get through to the other two categories, which are the outward disciplines of simplicity, solitude, submission, and service, and the corporate or the the church-wise, the body of Christ disciplines, confession, worship, guidance, celebration. Oh, these are wonderful disciplines. But today, we're just going to look at the personal or inward disciplines in our study. And uh, the challenge to you, my friends, is to take these and and uh, study these and then 
apply them to your lives and also get the book and you can uh, you can avail yourself of all 12 of these disciplines as written by uh, Richard Foster. All right, let's talk, talk about the inward disciplines, the personal disciplines. These are the things that we have to train ourselves in. First, meditation. Meditation. We're not talking about Eastern religions here. We're talking about simply uh, meditating on the Word of God. You know, my favorite one of my favorite passages of Scripture is Psalm 1. Blesses the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scoffers or the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Okay, that's meditation. That's personalization. That's visualization. That's repetitive. Yes, it's, it's more than memorization, but it starts with memorization. Memorization not just of a verse here and there, but of a passage of Scripture. Well, that's why I recommend and, and teach my disciples to memorize Psalm 1. It's just six verses, but it is so powerful in forming a foundation for their relationships in this world. Uh, it involves prayer. Uh, personal communication with the Father, not just a monologue that we are constantly talking to God and begging Him for mercy and help, but it's listening to Him in Scripture, studying His Word, and we're going to get much, much more into that as we study. And I've given you scripture references in the in the study notes and show notes for you to take and and follow. The second discipline is meditation, taking and visualizing and personalizing a passage of scripture. If you look at Psalm one, it says, "I'm I'm a happy and a blessed man, or woman, or boy, or girl." If I do not follow the ways of the world. If I carefully choose my my close friends, and we talked about that last last week. Okay, meditation involves memorizing scripture, visualizing what does it say, what does it really mean. Okay, personalizing it, make it personal, and then spending time with God in His field. Psalm 23 is another short psalm that is so, the Lord is my shepherd and I I will want for nothing. He will provide everything I need. Okay, the second is the discipline of prayer. Oh, this is so, so deeply personal to me. I've been studying, I've been a student and a teacher of prayer for decades, over four decades. And yet I'm saying, Lord, to communicate with the great unseen but not unknown. The, the great creator and sustainer of the universe. I have audience with him because I've been made acceptable through faith in his son Jesus. Oh, the discipline of prayer. It's, you can do a little acrostic on prayer. Praise and adoration are repent, confess your sins, A, ask, 
ask a, a supplication. Present your requests for others. Don't be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Spending time with Him, prayer. And then finally, for personal requests. And don't just pray for like your physical ailments or your financial situation. Come on, let's, let's get deeper and more personal than that. Ask God to open the eyes of your heart to see what He is doing through you, what He's doing in you, what He's doing around you. When we pray for ourselves, we have to recognize God knows your need. Okay, so we're not merely presenting our needs to Him. Jesus' half-brother says, You have not because you ask not. But when you do ask, you ask uh, from your own motives to spend it on yourselves. That's the wrong kind of asking for yourself. What should I ask myself? Lord, make me more like you. And then get ready. That's a, that's a difficult training process, but we have to be willing. We surrender ourselves to Him incrementally, stage and step by step by step. Yeah, you start with the big things first, but don't overlook the little things because it's all in the details, right? So, pray for yourself. Keep a prayer journal so you, you, can, you can record not only your request, but God's answers. And you can use that as part of the testimony and teaching others. Okay, remember that prayer takes time. Yes, you can, you can be like Peter as he was uh, sinking in the water and just say, Lord, save me. He'll answer that prayer, okay? But it takes time. Set aside time. That's the discipline part. That's the personal discipline. That takes work. You be diligent to set aside a regular time for prayer. Don't rush God and don't rush yourself. Then the discipline of fasting. Okay, we as Baptists especially, and in general, most evangelicals don't really like this discipline. We don't practice this very well, but fasting is more than doing without food. It's more than that. It's not a major discipline in the New Testament church. Uh, there were, in fact, in the Jewish tradition, there was only one uh, feast where fasting was commanded, and that was the Day of Atonement, a solemn day, atoning for your sins. And uh, you can see that in Leviticus chapter 23, uh, verses 26 through 32. Uh, Jesus taught not against fasting, but that we don't do it to be honored and recognized by people. That's not our, that's not our purpose. Uh, it's not done to draw attention to ourselves. And then the discipline of study. Okay, uh, now next week we're going to get into how do we study Scripture. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to have to put that off till next week because I see that we've really exhausted our time for today. I'm always frustrated that I, I talk so long and say so little. Uh, forgive me, Lord, for that, and forgive me, my friends. But the discipline of study, so to prepare for that, be reading and meditating on 
and studying 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Okay, that we'll, we'll base most of our stu- time next week on that. So let's just call this sufficient for today. And I pray that you, this has been useful to you. Let's just close in prayer, okay? You know I want to keep going, but you also know I can't, okay? Father God, I thank you so much for your love and devotion to us. I thank you, Lord, for the disciplines that you have made known to us through this study and through our subsequent study of your servants' works and messages and lessons and through our own uh, your own opening up to us, the the gold mine, as it were, of your word. Now, Father, uh, take what we've done today and what we've said and what we've listened to and make glory for yourself through it. For it's in Jesus' name, with gratitude and humility, we ask these things. Amen. Very well, my friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Talk to you next week.